Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. It's Mother's Day morning in the short household, and Jerry and Jordan were poring over recipes all week long for what they were going to make me for breakfast in bed. They got up at 6 o'clock this morning, and they've been cooking away, and they are almost done. And then I woke up from my Mother's Day dream. Hi, Ocean Hills. It's Lori Short. Happy Mother's Day to you. And I'm guessing you probably didn't have what just happened happen to you this morning. And in fact, if you did, please call me because I'd like to come over. But most of us live in imperfect families because all of us are imperfect. And whether you're dealing with imperfect parents or imperfect siblings or an imperfect spouse or imperfect children, we all live in imperfect families. And so I'm wearing this shirt for a reason because I want to talk about grace in imperfect families. And the scripture that I'm going to look at this morning is Ephesians. Because Ephesians is the book that kind of lays out the blueprint for families. Talking about how husbands and wives should treat each other and parents and children. But Paul begins the book by talking about what should frame those relationships which is our relationship with God. And in Ephesians 1, 18 to 19, here's what Paul says. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. In other words, it's our relationship with God that gives us the power that propels the grace in our imperfect families. And so I want to look at the phrases that Paul uses and think about how this impacts us as we try to live this grace out in our families. So the first, first thing that Paul says is, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That's Paul's prayer. He prays that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. So just think about that for a minute. That means we don't see with our eyes. We actually see with our heart. And what happens when we're seeing with our heart? Well, the first thing that happens is we tend to lead with grace. Because when the love that God has given us is leading us, we tend to have grace for others. And you know that John's been talking about the parable of the prodigal son. And last week he talked about the elder brother. The elder brother could not see past fairness to exercise grace. It wasn't fair that his younger brother had squandered everything that the dad had done for him And then when he comes back, his dad gives him a party. And he is just stewing outside. 
because it's so unfair. Well, I want to tell you something. In the families that we have, the imperfect families that we have, sometimes we're going to have to choose between fairness and grace because a lot of things are unfair. But here's the thing about families is what's fair to you is sometimes not the same as what's fair to the person that you're in conflict with. And so somebody is going to have to give. And this is even more complex when we start talking about blended families. I come from a blended family. My parents were divorced and remarried. And I actually married into a blended family. And as a matter of fact, I have a book that just came out called Grace-Filled Step Parenting. And in that book, I have a chapter called When Unfair is Okay. Because I have discovered in our blended family that there are many times when we have to choose grace over fairness for the sake of our child who is trying to juggle two different homes. And I think that we need that even in families that aren't blended families because all families are imperfect. You might need it in your marriage or you might need it in your family of origin with a sibling or with a parent. There are times in all of our families where we have to choose grace over fairness. And what's interesting is when the elder brother was choosing fairness, he was outside and alone. And that's really what happens to us. When we can't get past fairness to choose grace, we end up alone because all families are imperfect. So we have to exercise grace in order to be a part of it. And that is what the dad wanted. The father wanted the elder brother to come in and participate in the party. Everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate. Now come in and be a part of this messy family. And that's what God invites us to do. But we have to choose whether we're going to be willing to exercise grace. But the grace comes from God. Sometimes people don't deserve grace that you're in that battle with. But you can draw from the grace that God has given you, which was undeserved, to exercise that grace to others. And what's interesting is when you start to love, even if you can't feel it, when you just choose to love, God empowers that love. But I found that he waits for us to make that first step. That's what the father was doing with the elder brother. Are you going to come inside? You have to step inside. But once you make that decision to love in a situation where that person doesn't deserve it, it's amazing what happens. God's love takes over and begins to empower you in that process. And that's what Paul is saying here. So you lead with grace. And then the other thing is, when you have these eyes of grace, you have the ability to see beyond what's in front of you. The fact is, all of us are in a chapter of a much bigger story. And that is so important to think about in our families. Because there are so many stages in parenting and even as we're growing up where we have to look beyond the situation that's in front of us. I know as a parent that is so important because if I get locked in on a certain stage, you just begin to lose hope. But you have to recognize that what looks bad right now might turn into something good. 
because there is a bigger story happening. And there's this great Chinese fable that I think illustrates this so well. It's a story of a man who is in a village and he has one horse and one son. And one day his precious horse runs away. And so all the villagers come in and they say, oh my goodness, your horse is gone, this is horrible. And this wise man says, it could be good, it could be bad. All I know is that my horse is gone. So now the villagers are kind of puzzled and they walk away. And lo and behold, a week later, this horse comes back with 10 other horses. So now the man has 11 horses. Well, now the villagers come in and they say, oh my gosh, what good fortune, you have 11 horses. And the, villager, and the man says, it could be good, it could be bad. All I know is that I have 11 horses. So they walk away puzzled and then, lo and behold, the man's son is breaking through, or breaking one of the horses and ends up falling off the horse and breaking his leg. And so all of the villagers come running and they say, oh, this is terrible, what are you going to do? And of course the man says, it could be good, it could be bad. All I know is my son broke his leg. And do you know that shortly after that, a war broke out and all the able-bodied young men were taken, but the man's son was left because he had a broken leg. And the wisdom of what the man said was seen to be true. And what I love about this story is it illustrates that we do not know what's going to happen next. And we can always have hope that God may have a completely different chapter right ahead. And that's actually the next phrase of this verse. Paul's next line is, the hope to which he has called you. I want to give you another verse. It's Romans 8.24. It says this, hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? So here's a little insight about hope. You can't have hope unless you need hope. See, so often we want to grab onto hope. Gosh, if only I had hope. But if you don't have hope, you're in a great position to have hope. Because hope that is seen is no hope at all. You do not know what is going to happen next. And that is what God shows us again and again. And when we're in a chapter of a much bigger story in our families, there are times that we're going to have to be like that man in the village. It could be good. It could be bad. All I know is what I see right now. But God can do anything. And I think we really saw this to be true during COVID. Obviously, there were some horrible things that happened. And we're still kind of coming out of some of those things. But there were also some amazing things that happened. I can tell you here in the short household, I was actually writing this book on step parenting while I was sequestered with my teenage stepson. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you had planned with this one. And there were many times when I thought, I can't write this book because <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. I mean, I'm failing right now. But what I discovered 
is that God was writing a bigger story. And Jordan actually helped me with the last chapter in the book. And we did an interview together. And it's just beautiful. I love the way it ended. But even bigger than that was right during the middle of COVID. Jordan decided to get baptized. And some of you were there. And I can remember when Jerry and I looked at each other when Jordan was getting baptized. And here we had our masks on. Not what we pictured, but what a bigger story that God had. So I think that when we're looking for hope in the absence of hope, we have no idea when God is going to bring it or what it will look like when it comes. And then the last phrase that Paul says is the riches of his glorious inheritance. You know, it's interesting the phrase that the father uses in the parable of the prodigal son. Everything I have is yours. And you know, that line is not given to the prodigal. That line is given to the elder brother. That the elder brother had a part in this inheritance. And even though his younger brother had squandered the money inheritance, what the father was saying is, everything I have is yours. In other words, I have enough grace for you when you don't have it for yourself. And what's beautiful about that, thinking about that inheritance, is that love that the father has, when, when that love is being exemplified in our life, we are growing in ways that are incredible. Because it's only when you participate in giving undeserved love that you truly feel the love that God has for you. And that is the glorious inheritance that we have. And when you love, no matter how imperfect the situation is, you have no idea what that love will do in the relationship and in the future. So we get to participate in that inheritance. But I have to close my little message with the next verse. You know, I, one of these days I'm going to write a book, the next verse, because the next verse that Paul gives, gives the power that we have to do what he is saying. And here's what it says in Ephesians 1.20, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. That's resurrection power. That means no matter how dead and dry and hopeless it feels, God can do anything. And I hope that you will hold on to that for the power within you as we try to exercise grace in the imperfect families that we have. I hope you have a great Mother's Day. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.